Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Light Body Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have a fantastic guest with us today. Her name is Zoe, and she is the owner of Rage Fit Nutrition and has taken her love of healthy living and turned it into a passion for helping others transform their lives. Hi, Zoe. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Lara. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited about today. So um, just let's get started by just jumping right in and telling me about you and your story and uh, how you got to where you are today. I would love to. So it all started when (laughs) Uh, basically I never was one to take the traditional path in life. So when I was 18, I booked a one-way ticket and I moved to Mexico and it was it was amazing right it sparked three years of world travel where i just said yes i'll go here i'll go there i'll go anywhere like i had so much fun but my body did not agree with all of the fun that i was having and my weight was up and down for all of those years i was like most people, you know, when a vacation would come around, except these weren't like two week vacations, these were like open ended travels. I would be like, I want to get my body fit. I want to look good. And I would do it. But I'd throw it all away as soon as I got where I was going. And I repeated that for three years. And it was my first experience of like, quick fix, get your results, lose them. Quick fix. Just, I'm sure a lot of you guys out here can relate mm-hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. So when I got back to regular life, no more traveling, I decided that I needed to be in health and fitness. I couldn't just let this disappear from me like it always did on trips. And right as I'm getting like all back in my groove, I start having these issues with bloating and gut issues. I was like, what is going on? So yet again, I found my quick fixes, different ones than... Um, with my dieting, but still the same idea of do something, get a quick result, feel good for a little bit, the bloating's back. Mm -hmm. And I went through this cycle for, again, years until I realized that I needed to have a permanent solution to what was going on. And I really tried. I went to different doctors and had all these tests taken only to be told there was nothing wrong with me. When clearly, if any of you guys have struggled with bloating, you know something's not right. Yeah. So I just didn't know what to do. I was told by somebody in the medical community, and they said, bloating's a really tough thing to get to the bottom of. And usually, they never give an answer, and you just kind of have to live with it. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. That's also, like, why I'm passionate about this as well, because at 23, I was diagnosed with IBS, and 
my doctor essentially, he gave me two options. Like you can take this pill every day for the rest of your life. He's like, or you can, he said, you can start changing your lifestyle. And one of the tools he gave me was aloe vera juice, um, which was helpful, um, especially because this was back in, I'm about to date myself, but like, uh, Oh (laughs) three. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I totally, I feel you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and that like made me, I almost just like gave up. Um, but I realized I couldn't give up, you know, that's, that wasn't right. So I dove deep into the studies of what's going on with me. Like, how can I fix this? And like, I got this obsession with everything, gut health, bloating, and it just like rabbit hole, like crazy. And that obsession turned into a mission to like heal myself. Like I'm going to get better. You know, I'm not going to listen to people that told me I couldn't do it. And that turned into a passion for helping others do the exact same thing. Yeah. Awesome. So did you start with um, just one thing or sort of tell me, take me through like your process because I'm sure like, like I was and like so many people out there, like when they start down this journey, it's usually like, okay, well, this little bit of information resonates. I'm going to try this and then I'm going to try this and like some things work and some things don't. And so, yeah, take me through that. Well, the, initially my bloating was very simple and it was just, I had a couple of food triggers like gluten and dairy. If I stayed away, I'd be fine. So that was the initial like years ago mm-hmm. until things got worse and worse. Um, when I jumped into it later to figure out what was going on, uh, I am embarrassed to even say it. Like I wasted so much money on supplements, just basically going to step three, <laughs> looking for another quick fix. Yeah. And it was money down the toilet for no reason. Um, guys, don't do that. You know, don't yeah. keep looking for a quick fix. You need to do steps one and two before you can do step three. Yeah. I can't even tell you how much money I wasted on probiotics thinking like that would be the magic bullet. <laughs> and and oh now God. knowing what I know, I'm like, oh, I was probably just making it so much worse and I had no idea. <laughs> Oddly enough, that was, I don't know, maybe three years ago or so, I figured out the whole, um, my triggers, my initial triggers. Mm -hmm. And then maybe two years ago, I realized, or maybe it was five years ago, the initial ones, about two years ago, I tried a probiotic and it was crazy. I was like, oh my God, I feel amazing. Like, this is perfect. Like I felt, I was like, this is all I've been missing. But about a month later, it was back. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So if you find the right one, I feel like probiotics do serve a purpose, but I feel like there's so many crappy ones out there and there's so many of us that aren't really uh, guided or told like what's, what are the good ones? What are the ones that are actually worth their salt? And what are the ones that you're essentially just, you know, like wasting your money on? So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was almost a, like, I feel like a fluke that that one even worked. Cause like about a month or so that I felt amazing. And then it just nothing. <laughs> do you think you, besides the, so do you think the main trigger was food or do you think there were other things too? Was it multifactorial, you know? Um, so do you really feel like you found sort of like the underlying cause? Not with food. No. <laughs> um, initially. Yes. Like, in the very beginning, it was just related to a little bit of food, and that was cool. Mm-hmm. Over time, though, I have been on 
multiple rounds of antibiotics. Mm. You know, I had been on three rounds of antibiotics in about six months period of time. Um, so that was a major issue there. Yeah. As yeah. well as knowing that I had those few, few food triggers, um, I started to be concerned with what other foods could be triggering me. And it wasn't until I started to get into the studies later and figure out like why I was having these food triggers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just started cutting out more and more food because I would develop an obsession with something mm-hmm. like sweet potatoes, eat them all the time. And suddenly I'm getting bloated and I'm on Google. Do sweet potatoes cause bloating? Maybe they do. And I get rid of them. Yeah. So I cut literally my diet. I involved six um, different things of food. That was it. Six things. Wow. And How long did that last? <laughs> well, um, oddly, I'm like the kind of person that's happy eating the same things over and over again. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it doesn't matter what my brain likes because my body definitely didn't like it, even though at that moment I didn't realize that that was an issue. Mm-hmm. So yes, food, there was an issue with food, but the rest of it was like looking at my antibiotic and like medication history with that, you know, I yeah. and things like those. And then my stress and yeah, those are probably the biggest three things to figure out for me. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't really take the time to think about their, let's even say like their early childhood history with antibiotics. Like I know myself, I was a kid that had chronic ear infections and chronic sinus infections. And I had tubes put in when I was like five, I think it was. And so all that time leading up to that. And then even after chronic antibiotics, other than that, I was a fairly healthy person. I was an athlete, very active, you know, year round athlete. And so just looking at me, you wouldn't know that I had these symptoms and this discomfort and all these things going on. But yeah, that was one of the things that for me, like stuck out later on when I started educating myself, like, oh, all those years. And it was just what we did. Like we didn't know any better, like, you know, and you can't let an infection like go unchecked. So there's also this like, okay, well, you know, at the, could there have been something different done? Who knows? Like, it's really not productive, like, because you can't change the past. But going forward, I think it's important to think about if you do have some sort of infection to see a professional and ask, is there another way to go about this? Is it severe enough that I need an antibiotic? Or is it something that'll resolve on its own? You know, and if I do need an antibiotic, what else can I do to help my system while I'm on it? So Definitely taking the correct probiotic while you're on an antibiotic can do wonders for so, you know, not only for preventing some of those imbalances, but also for preventing what we call like concomitant diseases, which is, you know, like when you, when you can get something else in the middle of the thing you're fighting Mm -hmm. essentially is like the, the layman's terms for that, you know, because Sometimes if you're on an antibiotic for a while, you can get like C. diff, which is like a really, really bad intestinal infection that's really, really hard to treat. And so anyway, I'm sort of like squirreling off to the left here, but (laughs) yeah. Um, So did you um, explore any like SIBO protocols or anything like that? Like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth? So that was one of the things I was tested for and came back negative. 
Okay. No, I didn't end up going that route. Uh, I will say that that is a very long test, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maya, I have some other questions, too. Did uh, you ever have any issues with, like, diarrhea or constipation, or was it mainly just bloating? So definitely with constipation. Um, mm -hmm. Not in the beginning, but later on, that came. Mm -hmm. And which is something that I was like, oh, my God. How, like, And guys, okay, this is the most important thing. I was going, I was having a bowel movement every day but I was still constipated. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. To that. Yeah. Because like, I know what a normal one is for me and I wasn't having normal, but I was going every day. So you can be going every day. Yeah. But think about how much is coming out of you versus how much you're putting in you. Yeah. Like getting rid of a lot, then it's still inside. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to bring up is that, you know, like when I went and saw my GI specialist all those years ago, they asked me, how often are you going? And I gave them my answer and they're like, oh, okay. And they told me as long as you're going once every seven days, we consider that normal. And I was horrified. I'm still horrified by that answer because at the time I was, I was like within a three to four day interval and I was miserably uncomfortable and so even now, you know, we know that, like you said, even if you're going once a day, if it's not complete and you don't feel relief, then it is not an appropriate movement and or an appropriate amount. Yes. And so it's important if you're a patient out there right now, it's important to make sure if they don't ask you to tell them, okay, well, this is how often I go, but I don't feel better after I go, you know, so... <laughs> If they're not asking you, you might not want to search for help. Elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah. That is one of the number one questions that I've even asked strangers before who reach out. I'm like, sorry if I'm getting personal, but how are your bowel movements? Like yeah. that's the number one question I'm going to ask you. Yeah. And so, yeah, if like, like you just said, if you're seeing someone and they haven't asked you some of these questions and especially in enough detail, then that could be a sign that it's time to look elsewhere for a different practitioner. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so challenging being a, you know, a patient that because our biggest challenge regard in life in general with any issue is not knowing what we don't know. Like you, you don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes with that, you don't also know what to ask or what to look for. And so that's why I think it's so important for people like you and people like me that have been through it to be the, the advocate for all of those people out there suffering that have been ignored, that have been told there's nothing wrong with you, or there could be something wrong, but it sucks. You're just going to have to live with it. Right. Because that's always so fun to hear from a healthcare practitioner. You're like, great. <laughs> there's, there's answers for more than you would realize. So don't ever think that you're stuck with something. You're not. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to ask you also, um, what is the magic missing link between the yo-yo and the, the, the lasting change? Or what was it for you? For me, it was the steps that I wanted to ignore because I thought they didn't matter. <laughs> and it was setting the foundation, a solid foundation of, which begins with like, okay, how am I eating? Mm -hmm. Am I eating in a rush? You know, am I sitting down? Am I chewing my food thoroughly? Like these super, super foundational things mm -hmm. that we really don't pay attention to often. Yeah. You know, on top of that was 
how is my water intake? I've always been somebody that would say, oh, I don't drink a lot of fluids. I don't drink much water. I know I should, but I don't. Um, so these very, very basic things. And then just paying attention to uh, diversity of food. Mm. Like I said, I only ate six things for a very long time. And just, you know, let's stop eating the same six things over and over again. So these, yeah. these foundational things were huge for me. Yes, absolutely. Um, I definitely, so like you said, I have had some clients that are just fine eating those few things, whether it's six, 10, whatever they are, you know, like a small amount, relatively speaking to the wide variety that's available out there. And I think it's sometimes, especially if we're having symptoms, we will find that thing that, that fixes it. I say that with air quotes for the moment. And then we're like, okay, well, I found something that works. I'm going to keep doing it. But along the way, you know, there's micronutrients and prebiotics and probiotics that come on and in certain foods too. And so if you're eating a nice variety, then you don't necessarily need a probiotic to help, you know, so at the beginning you might to help rebalance, but then it shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that you have to take forever. And so I think it's important to like reassess. Definitely. And with me, you know, I was eating those same six things because they were the only things that didn't cause bloating. But then here's the kicker. One day I, it was honestly like, everything was great. And it was like one day I just woke up with this big bloated belly that didn't go away for like months on end. Hmm. And I was eating the same foods. So that's when I had to really reevaluate what's going on. Okay. These it's, I got to change these food. I got to change something, you know, I really, yeah. that really got me digging deep. When did it really get better? Like, like, okay, let's go from like the six food perspective. And so did you decide to like, start like bringing it all in all at once? Or did you branch out slowly almost, you know, like when we've done an elimination diet type of, you know, detox or cleanse and you want to like bring things back slowly to see what your triggers are. Did you do something like that? Or yeah, like, like that. Yeah. Uh, I brought things in slowly for sure. Um, super small amounts of lots of different things, I should say. Okay, cool. Um, because I knew that it wasn't necessarily these foods that were triggering me. Mm -hmm. It was more of a lack of foods that mm -hmm. was, you know, part of the problem. So I made every trip to the grocery store an adventure, picking all sorts of new vegetables and fruit to try and but here's the thing, not eating like a massive amount of any one thing at any one time. So my meals always consist of a stir fry of like 10 different vegetables, but super small amounts. Okay. So as not cool. to overload myself. But yeah. Yeah. As far as real progress, that was from the moment I got my big bloated belly that just didn't want to go away. It was a matter of maybe two and a half or three months until I started to see progress. Mm -hmm. And it was a matter of every single day telling myself that I'm going to get better. Mm -hmm. I have to keep following these steps. I have to keep going. I'm going to make progress. And it's that mental aspect of like not giving up, even though I'm so full, like my stomach is so bloated. I don't want to eat anything. Mm -hmm. Making sure I put food into my stomach, making sure I kept going mm -hmm. until one day I woke up and I was like, oh, I feel like 
something's changed. And I, I took a side by side, guys, I'm telling you, you would probably not see anything changed. <laughs> it was like the biggest letdown, but I could feel it may only have been half an inch of different. It may have super small, but it gave me that like, oh my God, keep going, mm -hmm. keep pushing. And then a few weeks later, I took a picture and there was a change. A little bit later, I took another picture. There was a change and the real changes started to happen. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So there's, I want to rewind a bit when you said the small amounts of food, because I think that's really important in terms of uh, the physiology of this whole process is that, and especially if our motility has slowed down. So maybe, especially if we're struggling with the constipation, things aren't moving through as frequently as they are fast as they should. Then if you have a large meal, then sometimes it, it can literally like back up and and expand your stomach to cause the bloating but then you could also have like acid reflux um you know heartburn all of that um not fun and potentially dangerous if it's long term stuff happened too so i think small meals are super important to mention and but nutrient dense mm -hmm. and then lots of water like you mentioned too because our the way our intestines work is actually a water exchange and so the more water you drink the easier things in theory as long as everything's working appropriately should flow through <laughs> and um yeah and then the last thing that you mentioned that i think we could probably um, dedicate an entire episode to but i definitely want to dive into it is that mind gut connection um, yeah. because i think it's really easy for us to get discouraged we hear from these other practitioners that it's just something you're going to have to, you know, suffer with for the rest of your life. There's really no solution. And then even when we do start making changes, it's not a fast process. It's not a quick fix. And so you do have to really believe in yourself and believe in the possibility of healing your body naturally. And depending on how some of us were raised or how we've been, you know, indoctrinated, if you want to use that word, like sometimes that can be really hard. I think some of us are more open to the, the natural self-healing path than others. And I think that a lot of that has to do with our cultural background. Definitely. You know, I, was, I wasn't raised with natural healing. Um, I was on lots of different antibiotics, you know, and I never even thought about that path um, until it got to the point where traditional medicine had failed me. And I took it upon myself to do all the research and all the learning and trying it on myself and being like, oh my God, there's a whole world of answers out there and healing. And I'm still just exploring so many different areas of it. It's so exciting now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if, you know, some people just want to be quote fixed and if that's what you want, that's cool. No judgment. But I do feel like to really heal. And for me, if you were to ask me what that like that missing link is between the yo-yo and the lasting change is the dedication to learn and to, um, you know, find the practitioners to help me. But at the same time, like sort of learn the why behind it. And so that it encourages me to keep going. Instead of just, you know, like I reach a goal, great. Then I go back to, you know, what I was doing before and then I feel crappy again. And then I, you know, 
the yo-yo and we can do that with food we can do it with dieting like you know lots of people yo-yo in lots of different ways definitely that was definitely huge the learning aspect definitely a missing link yeah um but i think also too sometimes it comes down to well am i just fed up with feeling like crap you know like i got to the point too where like i cared more about feeling good than I did about that short little dopamine kick that I was going to get from that bread or that cheese or, you know, whatever it was that I knew was going to make me feel like crap later. And so um, I have a lot of friends and colleagues and, you know, clients. And one of the things that they struggle with the most is the, the eliminating the dairy and the bread. And there's very real chemical reasons why in our brain that those are so addictive. But for me, it was, it was easier to break out of that pattern and to resist those um, cravings when I started to just tell myself, do you want to feel good or do you want to feel like crap? I want to feel good. Okay, so we're going to make a different choice. <laughs> yeah, that's ex- honestly, that's exactly how it started for me. You know, when I got rid of those things and I was like, wow, I feel so much better. I had the same mindset. And the coolest thing about having that new mindset was none of these things will kill me. You know, I'm not severely allergic to anything. So I can decide to feel good all the time. But if I really want a piece of cake, I can eat it and just know that I'm not going to feel the best. Maybe for the next couple of days, I might be bloated. But if that's now it's in my hands, mm-hmm. be empowered to make the decision do I want to eat this and not feel great? Yes, I do. Yeah. And that feels amazing. And I'm going to love every single bite, but I'm just going to do it now. I'm not going to live feeling this way every day. Yeah. You don't have to go through life feeling deprived and always feeling, let's say like not fulfilled or always sort of struggling or grasping. But yes, absolutely. When you decide, when you decide and you make that empowered decision to say, I know that that's not going to make me feel good, but I really want it and I really enjoy it and that's okay. And, you know, when, like for me, when I eat cheese, I get really like phlegmy and snotty and even like I have like allergy symptoms for a few days afterwards. And so like earlier this week, I made the decision to have cheese and sure enough, yeah, super, you know, snotty and phlegmy for the next few days. But I'm like, you know what? It's okay. It was worth it. I enjoyed it. I know that I can go another like three months without it now, but (laughs) yeah. What else would you say? uh, Do you, so like when you work with a client, do you have a systematic approach or like a certain protocol that you follow or how is, uh, run me through that. I do. And it's actually called the rage method. Okay, cool. That's an acronym. So it's recognize, accept, grasp, and explode. And so while, yes, that there is a a kind of a protocol, it's still very individual to Mm -hmm. you as we go along. Um, And the first part is recognizing about like, where are you now? How did we get here? And, you know, where do we want to go? So usually where we want to go is like healing the bloating, but I also work with um, people with their weight loss goals. So that's another, uh, comes into play there too. Mm -hmm. But the recognition is also about recognizing our meal time. Like I mentioned briefly earlier, you know, how are we approaching meals? Are we always eating on the go? Are we chewing? 
guys, chewing is super important, right? And, you know, are we stressed out when we eat? Are we rushing all, you know, just what is our mealtime like? And it's about setting the solid foundation for what we need. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit more recognition. I won't go into everything, but the next part is accepting that this is going to take time. You know, there are no quick fixes and you're in it to win it. You're going to heal. And for many people, this stage requires some sort of an elimination diet. And that could be any number of levels. You know, some people, it might just be swapping out the processed food for more unprocessed food. That might be your elimination diet. It could be as basic as that or as advanced as to a full autoimmune protocol if we need to go that route. Mm -hmm. But that's not the route for everybody. So it just cause more stress, which we can get into later of why that's bad and we don't want that. Yeah. Um, The next part would be grasping and understanding of supplementation and assisting your body in this process, which this is something that looks different for everybody, but it could be as basic as a little apple cider vinegar and water, you know, while you're, you know, before you have your meals. Mm-hmm. But it's, this is where we go into that area. And the final, par- uh, final part is to explode with the possibilities of what it looks like to live with the bloat-free lifestyle. You know, this is also where we're bringing back, reintroducing food, because any elimination diet must include the reintroduction of food. Yeah. Guys, this is what I never did. I just kept <laughs> cutting. I guess I wasn't on an elimination diet per se. I just kept cutting and cutting and cutting food out of my life. Yeah. Um, but with a real one, you need to bring it back. That's hugely important. Yeah. So that's kind of the rundown of what we'll be doing together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love, and I love that you have employed that and um, an act an acronym, an acronym. <laughs> into uh, the name of your company. Um, yeah. So, and one of the things that I preach on this podcast is that awareness and recognition is the first step to any change, regardless of what it is, but yes, super powerful. I love the acceptance that it's going to take a minute, you know, no quick fixes for sure. And then um, I like that you say that, you know, you don't have to do a balls to the wall um, autoimmune elimination, because I think a lot of people have heard that elimination diet phrase in the context of these super strict like celiac or any sort of autoimmune um, protocols. And then they automatically are like, Ooh, yeah, no, you know, like they start to like back off and, you know, sort of maybe shut down a little bit. And so, um, I think that's definitely some of the challenges that I've definitely felt with clients too. It's like, no, 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 it doesn't have to be crazy. Like it's totally like what you are willing and able to do because you, I'm not here to force you to do anything. Like you're here of your own volition and I'm here to help you. So if you don't want to do that, we won't do it. (laughs) Yes. But there's a happy medium. (laughs) Definitely. And the more we start to take, 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 the more stress a lot of people are under of like, what do I eat? How do I live? Like, what am I going to do? And that's just potentially going to make all of your issues worse. Yeah we add to the situation so I'm all about like hey okay hold on like if we're just gonna take away one thing right now that's cool let's just see how that goes yeah yeah 
Yeah, because I think a lot of thing, a lot of times too. I mean, I, I know it's out there more than it used to be, but definitely that stress gut health connection is huge. You know, like the more stressed, even if we're like quote stressed on a daily basis throughout the day, where we might be so used to it that we don't think it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It is having a definite effect on your whole body. And the one of the places it manifests the most is in your gut. And so we have to address stress if we're going to address any aspect of gut health, in my personal opinion. <laughs> and that was a major missing link for me as well, was I didn't even realize how stressed out that I really was. And I, I now I track all of my my feedback day to day and my stress levels, my sleep, all these things. Mm -hmm. And I see a direct correlation go up between if my stress is up, my digestion isn't very good. Mm -hmm. So this is something that we have to be paying attention to. Yeah. So do you track that with a journal or how do you, how do you do your tracking? So I have, well, I don't, this won't be a video, so you guys can't see, but I will show you. <laughs> I have it right here. So I do have, um, it's a spreadsheet, like a Google spreadsheet. Okay, cool. But because I don't, rem like, it's not in front of my face all the time, I have a little whiteboard next to my bed. Oh, nice. So I have my little sections on there and I fill out my numbers. And then once a week, I go to my spreadsheet and I put it all in the spreadsheet. Oh, cool. I like that. So it's super simple. People think, oh my God, this is so hard. It's like, no, at the end of my day, tick, 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 tick. And then once a week I put it in and it takes me like one minute. It's so yeah. So do you do it on a scale of like one to 10? I assume like when you say the numbers, you're giving it like a value of bad yeah, to worse. I do one to five. I one to five. Like okay. Yeah. Very big range. <laughs> yeah. And like that's a, that's a really, really, really big range. So I feel like five is a little more manageable. Yes. Where are we? Especially if we're those type of people that can be super indecisive. Yes. <laughs> we're like, yeah. wait, is six better or is seven better? Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe 8.5. <laughs> yeah. Between six and seven, like, where are we? This is just too nitpicky. Let's, yeah. 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 I like that. One to five is good. <laughs> simple. Simple is better. Absolutely. Uh, cool. Yeah. I've um, actually grown partial to, I keep a little journal with me that. I just write a whole bunch of things in all the time. So I do like my thought downloads. I will do, you know, like if I'm taking note of, if I'm tracking something with health or, you know, and so it's become sort of a catch all, but I know it's there for me, but I like your um, aspect to your approach as well. And I like it because the step at the end of the, you said the end of the week that you go and you put it actually in and because that can give you that global picture and it, and it enables you to reflect even more on your, it gives you a, a step back, you know, um, perspective. What would you say is like one of the easiest but most important things you could do for yourself if you're battling um, the bloat or the, the GI discomfort? Continue or start or continue <laughs> a diverse amount of fiber. So anything that's from a plant that grows from the earth, mm -hmm. diversity, keep it up or start if you haven't been doing it. This is huge. Um, but on that fiber note, cause I feel like we can't not throw fiber in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, pay attention to how much you're eating and really like track it. There's, there are free apps, super simple. Mm -hmm. Track how much fiber you're eating, see where you're at. 
because this could be, this could be a missing link for you mm-hmm. that you just don't have enough to get everything moving and you could be fine. Or I can't say, leave without saying on the flip side, if you are severely constipated though, and you add too much fiber, it could make things worse if you yes. go too fast. I had that so problem. The, yeah, right? <laughs> it was not fun. <laughs> so we have to be careful while it can be your best friend and it could solve all of your bloat because it could make everything move from you through you. Mm-hmm. It could make it worse if you're like eating, you know, 10 grams of fiber and you jump up to like being a vegan overnight and suddenly you're eating 50 plus grams. You're not going to be very happy. Yeah, I think there's something to be said too. Like I've had some clients that when they started in, uh, implementing more green and cruciferous vegetables, that they actually had abdominal pain. And that can be because of a microbial imbalance in your gut. If you don't have the the good bugs in there to break that down, sometimes it hangs out and it causes bad gas more bloating and pain. And so definitely, like I said before, I really love your approach of starting small, but wide variety. Definitely. Yeah. One of the things like people think, oh, I can't eat this. My gut can't, I can't handle it. It's like, well, unless you're having a severe reaction, you know, like hives and out like a real actual reaction, you probably can. Yeah. Just have gone about it the right way. You know, don't eat a cup of broccoli if you're sensitive to it. Like, have like a tiny little piece of broccoli. It might seem ridiculous, but strengthen your gut to be able to tolerate it. You'll be able to eat so many things that you never thought were possible. But, you know, start with a couple beans. Don't go for the entire bean soup right away. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I think that's important to note also that you might be struggling with this issue now, but it will heal if you give it time and nurture it and do all of the things, you know, that we've talked about and, and so many more, but work with a practitioner that can guide you through it. And then once you've healed, you can start to have some of those things that you might've needed to eliminate back. So I know like for me with gluten, now I can have a little bit and not have the digestive issues that I had before. But I know if I have too much, then I'll still have an inflammatory reaction. And for me, it's the same with dairy. So I can have a little, but not, you know, and so yeah, it's not forever. And if someone again, even if it's a integrative or functional medicine or natural practitioner, if they've told you it's forever, then with love, I say that maybe a a little bit misinformation might be happening there. So um, yeah, cool. All right. So anything else that um, we need to talk about or anything else you want to bring attention to relative Uh, to this excellent conversation? The only thing is just, you know, keep your mind positive that you're going to heal because like we briefly touched on, you know, there's a gut brain connection and we have to be positive and know that it's possible to get better. You know, the more you say, oh, I'm stuck, I'm not going to get better, the more you'll be stuck and the less like you, you will be to get better. Yeah. 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 So um, we talked a little bit about the journaling uh, in terms of keeping track of the symptoms, but I think there's definitely an aspect if you are that type of person that is truly dedicated and ready to make that mindset change too, is to keep track of your thoughts. I mentioned earlier that I do a thought download in my journal 
And really all that is, is like a mind dump of all my thoughts, both positive and negative. But once it's out there, then I can like go back and look at them and say, oh, well, why am I, you know, I can just like pick one. Like, why do I think that? Like, why have I given that meaning? And then that gives me the power to change it after I examine it a little. And so it's the same when we're talking about healing. You have to believe that you can heal in order for your body, because your body has F amazing natural ability to heal itself. But when we're t telling ourselves all day long that I'm sick, this sucks, I don't feel good, I'm never going to get better, all these things, then you are convincing your body that it won't and can't do it. But on the opposite end, you can totally convince it that it can and it will and, and you know, it'll happen. And so it'll be natural and flowing and all of these things. So um, again, I think that could be a whole nother episode in and of itself. But um, awesome. Well, thank you, Zoe, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It's been so much fun. Um, one last chance. Anything else you want to throw in before we wrap it up? Oh, I think that's good. I feel like there's so much I could keep saying, but yeah. <laughs> pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we covered a lot of aspects um, and gave it a pretty good picture of of the different aspects. So. Yes, thank you so much. And um, I look forward to having you back on soon.